everybody, Pastor Chris here. Thanks for listening to our Market Street Podcast. Wherever you're joining us from, we hope today's message helps you in your walk with Jesus. For more ways to connect, visit us at marketstreetchurch.org. Motherhood, right? It's like going to the bathroom in private is overrated, wasn't it? You know, uh, you know, they say it's like, why, why was the house cleaned on Mother's Day? It's because mom spent all day Saturday cleaning it. Moms, you remember when you were young and cool? You remember that those days you were young and cool, and, and now you're like looking on Amazon reviews for chairs to sit in at soccer games? Remember these, these days, mom? Yeah. It's okay. But mother, you know, the, and the other t- thing too is remember, they didn't tell you something really important. There's a, like a really important thing for first-time moms um, that, that when you came home from the hospital, that you and your child were going to be coming home in diapers. They didn't tell you that. That's an important <laughs> information to know too as well. So, um, but uh, yeah, these are things that we learn and grow as we, uh, you know, become as, as for moms. And uh, I'm just, you know, grateful that I'm not one. Um, but because uh, uh, they work so hard. I know my mom, my wife, um, my mother-in-law, I'm like, I have like, such a blessing to have a mother-in-law. That's a, she's, a, she's amazing. And so, um, so, but happy Mother's Day to you. So, um, figuring out how to make Mother's Day about Haggai was interesting. So, uh, I'm going to try to do the best I can to sort of associate Mother's Day with uh, this Old Testament prophet. Uh, he was a he was a minor prophet, which which simply just means that that he just had a a small book. His his little letter uh, was really only about two chapters. It wasn't a lot at all to it. That's why I was referred to as a as a minor minor prophet. But here's here's what we know about Haggai. Okay, and so and and what we know about Haggai is that he had a mom. We know that. Okay, I know you, you're starting to write, take notes down, and this is starting to blow your mind, right? Um, Haggai, or or he he went by Haggai. We could go either way. Haggai or Haggai he had a mom. Um, she named him Haggai or Haggai, which means feast, which means feast. So uh, we're, we'll get that back to that in a second. But his his name means feast. And then the third thing is, he did many things for God, and that's the greatest blessing to a mom. So this is really all we kind of know about Haggai. He had a mom. She, she named him Haggai, or Haggai, which means feast. And he did a lot of great things for God. And when you do that, especially uh, your, your mom, I'm telling you, your mom would be blessed uh, by that. And so uh, we, we looked at just the idea of considering our ways, like what, when we go about this life, navigate through this life, considering our ways. And that's really what Haggai was, was all about. Um, it was, they, were, they were people that were making um, much about themselves. They were, they were being um, more self-centered, more self-focused, uh, more intentional when it came to, you know, their own world and, and less about uh, what God had for them, a plan and a purpose that God had for their life. And so, um, so Haggai comes along and says, hey, let's, let's consider our ways. You're, you're not feeling fulfilled. You're not feeling satisfied. You're not feeling, you know, the, the, a purpose or meaningful in your life is because you're focusing too much on self and less on, on, on others and less on, on the Lord. And so that's where they, that's what Haggai was, was reminding them. So um, we looked at, I just want to show you just a, um, a, some dates. So it gives us some very specific dates, okay? 
So it was the first day of the sixth month when, when Haggai, you know, shows up on the scene. It was the first day of six months, which is, uh, we know, uh, based on our, the Jewish calendar, based on what our Gregorian uh, calendar, is that date was um, August 29th, August 29th. Um, so that was, the, that was the date, August 29th, 520 uh, BC, okay? And so Haggai shows up on, on August 29th, 520 BC, and he, and he basically tells them, uh, next slide, Jack. Next slide, if you could. Uh, he says, the Lord of armies says this. It says to consider your ways. Consider your ways. Like, look at your life. Look at where you're going. Look at what you're doing. And then he, he basically says, listen, I, here's what I want you to do. I want you to start you know, making some changes in your life. I want you to start rebuilding some things in your life. And he says, in order for you to be able to do that, you got to start with some basics. And so essentially Haggai comes along and says, listen, you need to finish this project that you started. And the project that they started that they didn't finish was rebuilding the temple, rebuilding the temple for God. And so Haggai says, listen, guys, you, you need to stop focusing on self and you need to start focusing on God so that you can feel like your life has purpose and meaning uh, to it. And so he tells them, consider your ways, consider your ways, consider your ways. And then he gives them some basic things, some simple things. And, and, and really when it comes to change in our life, there really is, a, a lot of times it just starts with the basic things. It just starts with the simple things. And he literally tells them, he says this, he says, Next verse, he says, go up the mountains, bring wood, rebuild the temple that I may please with it and be honored, says the Lord. And so when it comes to your marriage, when it comes to your finances, when it comes to parenting, when it comes to your health, when it comes to your career, oftentimes what, the best ways that you experience change in your life is by basically just starting with the basics, starting with the simple things, going back to the, to the things that you know that you can do. And, it's, and, and that's for anything, when it comes to your health, when it comes to your finances, when it comes to your relationships. You start with the basics. For them, God said, listen, I want you to finish what you started. I want you to finish the temple. And what you need to do is you need to go up the mountain, go back, you need to go up the mountain, you need to bring wood and, you, and, to re, and rebuild the temple that I may please, be pleased with it and be honored, says the Lord. When we do the basics, when we do the simple things, that's what pleases God. That's what honors God. That's what honors God. So go on, from there, as, so it says that they, long verse, they, they began to work on it. They began to work on it. They began to work on it. And that's what it requires for you and for me. You gotta work on it. 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 It's easy to start. It's not so easy to finish, okay? So by that time, they get going, they get going, and it's, this is the date that they get going on. Next, next slide, please. Uh, the 24th day of the sixth month, the 24th day of the sixth month was this date. It was September 21st, September 21st. So August 29th, and now they're, they're getting going. It took them a while. What were they doing for those three weeks? They were going up the mountain and they were getting the timber. They were going up the mountain and they were bringing the wood. They were going up the mountain, they were bringing the wood. It took them three weeks to go and up a mountain, cut some trees down and bring the wood back down in order for them to begin to rebuild. So now it's, a, it's, it's September 21st. Do we have that date up there, Jack? Do you have that? Is there anywhere to be found? 
I see it up there. I don't see it over here. Okay, so it, it's the date is September 21st. That's the date. So about three weeks, that's what they, did, they, were, they were doing. And then it says, and, and then it says in Haggai 2.1, it says, on, and on the 21st of the seventh month, the word of the Lord came by Haggai, the prophet, saying. So, so now some time has gone by. Some time has, has gone by. And they're rebuilding, they're rebuilding, they're rebuilding, they're rebuilding. And, and about three weeks go by. I think the, the, the date now is October 17th. Okay, so that's what this date is, October 17th, the 21st of the seventh month, October uh, 17th. So another three weeks goes by, and here's what happens. Look what it says in verse three. Who is left among you who saw this temple in its former glory? And how do you see it now? Does it not seem to you like nothing in comparison? So three weeks, they start the project they continue on in the project as they're building. Here's Haggai comes, has to come back to them. And he says this to them. Listen, have you saw what it used to look like? The, for, the first temple, the, the temple that Solomon built, the beautiful, amazing temple that, that Solomon made. He's like, he's like does, it, does it not compare? Do you see it now? Does it not seem to be like nothing in comparison? The reason why Haggai said that was this, was for this reason. It's because when the people were starting to do the basic things, where people were starting to work on having change in their life, at first they were motivated. At first they were excited. At first they were thrilled. And they, and, they, and they started to, then all of a sudden, what happens to all of us is this. They started feeling, next slide, discouragement. They started feeling discouragement. I don't know if that's true about you, but that's all true for me. Uh, that's our natural bend. Anytime that we begin to do something that takes some work and takes some time and takes some effort and takes some rebuilding, whether it's your, your finances, re trying to rebuild that, get that back in order, whether it's your health, trying to rebuild that, get that back in order, whether it's a relationship, your parenting, your kid, whatever it is for you, Here's what's always true for us. It doesn't take much for us to get discouraged. Let me just add, just so I'm not alone, just by a show of hands, just for fun, just to keep us engaged. How many of you at some point this week got discouraged? At some point this week got discouraged. Okay, look around, look around. Hold your hands up real quick, real quick. Look around, look around. You're not alone. You're not alone. As a matter of fact, if you look in the Bible and you see all these great people of God in the Bible with all this tremendous faith, you know, and you look at the, their lives and you're like, wow, I'll never be like a Moses or I'll never be like a David or I'll never be like a Elijah. Did you know that these people, Esther, you know, you name them, Mary's, Martha's, you name them, they all felt discouragement. They all began something and they realized it's, this is hard. Rebuilding this in my life is hard. It's not easy. And, it, and initially, initially, we get a good jump on it. But over time, once we start to think, man, I'm just not really getting the results that I thought I would get in this period of time. And for them, it was three weeks. For them, after three weeks, they're going, Our, the temple that we're building now, it just doesn't compare to the first temple and they knew it. And they seemed to just feel discouragement. Why? Because they just weren't getting 
those results. And it doesn't take much. It can take a word. Somebody can just say one word to you and you can get discouraged. Somebody doesn't even have to say a word to you. Somebody can just look at you bad and you're discouraged. It takes a phone call. It takes a note. It takes an email. It takes a text. It takes, you know, anything oftentimes for us to just get discouraged. I never thought I would get discouraged by this this statement. I never thought in my life that I'd ever get discouraged by this statement. Um, a number of years ago, I took a group of people to um, the Philippines, the Philippine Islands, on a, on a missions trip. And one of the days while we were on the, uh, uh, at the at the in, in the Philippines, we um, were going to this place where they were going to start building cabins uh, for youth. And it was it was uh, so we get there and they tell us they said, we, "Listen, we got to kind of go over this mountain, go on the other side of this mountain, and on the other side of this mountain, at the bottom of it, there's a body of water, and we're going to build cabins. We're going to build cabins for for youth retreats." And so I, I they said this. Is great that you're here. We're so glad that you came to help us out with this. At least, at least get us started on this. And so, and so we get our team. We show up. We get there, and it was kind of, it was kind of raining a lot at that time. As a matter of fact, it would rain so much, and the terrain was so bad and so muddy and mushy that we couldn't even bring our shoes. We couldn't even wear our shoes. And so we're walking up this mountain in thick thick mud and gross terrain and we walk on the other side of the mountain we get to the area where they began to start building the foundations of some of these cabins and we're waiting there waiting there waiting there and then a little while goes by and one of the Filipino men come to me and said and pull me over to the side and they said pastor I said yeah he goes the ox isn't showing up today I said what did you say? <laughs> the ox isn't showing up today. I said, is that the name of the guy who's bringing all the equipment? Is that what he's called? And they're like, no, no, he's, it's an ox. It's the animal, an ox. The, and I said, well, where's the ox? And why didn't the ox show up today? I don't understand. Did the ox sleep in? Like, did, what, what's going on? Can somebody not just wake up the ox? And the ox, they, they said, we, we don't really sure, but the, 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 the ox didn't show up. And the ox was, was, was supposed to be the, the thing, the animal that brought down in this rough terrain, that brought down all the equipment and all the tools that we needed in order for us to do this job. I've never been so discouraged hearing that the ox didn't show up today. And so we, we decided either we were going to like throw the day in or in, in, and call it a wash or we, or we decided, you know what, we're just going to do what the ox was supposed to do. Now, at first, it was a group of us, but probably five or six of us that were pumped. We're like, all right, we're going to go up that mountain. We're going to come down on the other side of the mountain and we're going to grab all the tools and all the equipment and all the bags of cement and we're going to go back up the mountain, go down the mountain. And we were like high-fiving each other and pumped up. We're like, we can do this. About an hour into that, I was like, where's the ox? This stinking ox. 
Like, I, it's, it's easy, right? It's easy to get excited about, yeah, I got to make this thing. I got to do this change. I got to make this difference. I've gotta, I'm going to make it. I'm going to change my relationships. It's going to be better. I'm going to change my finances. It's going to be better. I'm going to get healthy. It's going to be better. And it's easy for us to start something, but it's not so easy for us to finish it. And we oftentimes, when things, we don't get the results that we need, we feel discouraged. We feel discouraged. You know what felt, why they, and then what happens, here's what happens when you start to feel discouraged. And here's what happened when they started to feel discouraged. And this is something that we all do. Look what it says. Who is left among you who saw this temple in its former glory? Which, by the way, isn't that sometimes discouraging too when you hear somebody talk about the glory days of something? Are you that person that talks about the glory days of something? And you're like, oh, I remember when, you know, when, you know, the thing was so amazing and now it stinks, you know, and you're like, you know, like you feel just so discouraged. It's like, that he, so he's like, so Haggai was probably like in his 70s and he's, and he's remembering how glorious and how amazing Solomon's temple was. And now with their building just didn't measure up. He says, and the, he says, and then how do you see it now? Does it not seem to you like nothing in comparison? Here, here's what oftentimes happens to us when we get discouraged. Or here's what happens to us when we feel discouragement. Here's what happens. Comparison happens. Comparison happens. We're so good at that too, aren't we? We're good at looking around and seeing what somebody else has or doesn't have. We look at, and, and, and social media has just like accentuated this. Social media has just brought this to, to light as far as like looking at pictures and images. Like you realize, and you know this, I don't even have to tell you this, you already know this. Those are just the highlight reels. It's not real. Right? So when you see those perfect kids with the, you know, and they're, and they're all like looking at the camera, like, and they're smiling, and you're like going, I can't even get, like, I'm happy to just take a picture with all my kids in it. Like, I don't even care if they're looking. If they're in it, we're pumped. Like, I don't, you don't have, they're not even smiling, and we're like, hey, at least we got them all in the shot, right? It's so easy for us when it comes to things like that to look at other people. Look at other people and go, well, look what they have and look what I don't have. If, I, if only, you know the most dangerous things that we say? If only, if only I have, was able to go on that vacation that they went on. If only I was able to live in that house that they live in. If only I was able to drive that car that they drive. You know what? Oftentimes what makes us discouraged, what makes us discouraged is when we start looking around at each other. We start looking at what they have and what we don't have. And we start measuring things up and looking. And so, and so this is what they were doing. They were remembering what the former temple was and, and they were looking at their own temple and they were starting to compare. They were starting to compare. And this is often what we do. We make comparisons. So when it comes to discouragement, when it comes to comparison, 
Here's what Haggai's advice is to you and me and to them. Take courage. Take courage. Take courage. Look, look what he says. But now, take courage. Zerubbabel declares the Lord. Take courage also, Joshua, the, the son of Jehoshaphat, the high priest. And all you people of the land, take courage, declares the Lord, and work, for I am with you, declares the Lord. So for us, it's we get discouraged. We're trying to rebuild something. We're trying to bring change in our life. It's easy to start. It's not easy to finish. We get discouraged. We start comparing our lives. And the advice is to take courage, to take courage. Here's Ambrose, his name, at Ambrose Redmoon. He's, here's what he defines courage. Courage is not the absence of fear but rather the judgment that something else is more important than fear. Courage is not the absence of fear, but, the, but rather the judgment that something else is more important than fear. For example, you can read in the scripture, in the text of many, many different men and women who, who decided, you know what? It's not that I'm not afraid, but something is more important than my fear. It's not that I'm not afraid, but something is more important than my fear. For example, take Moses. Moses, right? It wasn't that Moses wanted to go back to Egypt and, and lead the people out of captivity and lead the people into, into the promised land. He just, he, he, was, he didn't want to. He questioned God about it. He's like, I, I, I don't think I'm qualified. You want me to go back to where I murdered somebody? You want me to go back there and you want me to lead the people out of there? As, like, like, I'm gonna go to Pharaoh and, and that's what's gonna happen? And, and, it, and he, he came to the place where he realized, listen, I need to take courage. I need to take courage because it's not about, it's not the absence of fear, but rather he, Moses made a judgment that something else, Else was more important than his fear, and that was delivering the people out of captivity. You don't think David, King David, was afraid to go and fight this giant named Goliath? Anybody know this story? You don't think that David, but what did David say? David saw this giant taunting the people of God, and David said, Is there not a cause? It wasn't like David's heart was probably pounding out of his chest as he's staring at this Goliath giant of a human being who is a champion warrior, who every, anybody who stood against him, they fell. But David, little shepherd boy David, looks at the people of God and says, listen, my courage, my courage and the judgment here is more important than my fear. And he went, and you know the story, he took those five smooth stones and he grabbed his slingshot and he stood before that giant and he said, you come with me with sword and spear, but I come to you in the name of the Lord Almighty. Hello, everybody. This is courage. Take courage. Don't be discouraged. Don't be discouraged. And certainly, you don't need to compare. You don't need to compare. I mean, we can go on and on and on. Jesus said it this way. 
Here's what Jesus said. These things I have spoken to you so that in me you can have peace. In the world, you're going to have tribulation. Um, can anybody relate to that? Uh, can anybody relate to hardship? Can anybody relate to difficulty? Can anybody relate to challenges? Can anybody relate to discouragement? Of course. Jesus is like, but you know, I just want you to know, as you go through this, these hard times, if you go through these challenges, in me you can have peace. As you go through it, as you walk through it, you can have peace in me. Then he says this, but take courage, go back. But take courage, go back, thank you. But take courage, because I've overcome this world. You can take courage in the fact, you can take courage in the fact that we don't have to stay here long. You could take courage in the fact that whatever hardships or struggles or battles or difficulties that you go through, it won't last forever, ever. Why? Because Jesus overcame this world. So let that take, give you courage. Take courage in that. Knowing that, yeah, I, I'm going to feel, days I'm going to feel discouraged. Yeah, days I'm going to feel defeated. Yeah, days I'm going to feel like I fall short. Yeah, days that I have my struggles and my battles. Days that I work, I'm working through these, these terrible habits and these addictions. But I'm going to take courage. And I'm going to take courage knowing that something is greater than my fear. Something is more important than my fear. So the question that you're asking right now, I know you're begging to ask it. Why? Take courage. Why? Well, here's why. Number one, today and every day, you are made to drink from the cup of Jesus. What do I mean by that? Today and every day, you are made to drink from the cup of Jesus. Now, let me show you a verse that I've already showed you. It was on the 21st of the seventh month. The word of the Lord came by ha to Haggai, the prophets, saying, here's that date again. Here's why that date matters. Here's why that date matters. Because it was on that day. On that day was what they were celebrating. They were celebrating. They were celebrating what's called the feast. Next, next slide. The feast of the tents. They were celebrating the Feast of the Tents, or it has other names, the Feast of the Tabernacle, or the Feast of Booths. They were celebrating that on that day. Here's why that's important. Here's why it's important. On the same day, during the same feast, is when Solomon dedicated his temple. So they're discouraged about their temple in comparison to Solomon's temple. So on that day, Haggai, as they're celebrating the Feast of the Tents, it was the same day that Solomon dedicated his temple. Now, Haggai's name also means what? Can you remember? Feast. You guys are great. You guys are listening. Haggai was most likely born during the Feast of the Tents. Okay, 
Here's why they were celebrating it and here's why this should give you courage, okay? When they celebrated the tents, it was when the nation of Israel was in captivity in Egypt. Remember God sent Moses to Egypt? God tells Moses, I want you to deliver my people out of oppression. I want you to deliver my people out of captivity. When they did that, they had to walk through the wilderness. They had to walk through the wilderness. For years, they had to walk through the wilderness. And while they were walking through the wilderness, they had to live in tents. They had to live in tents or what they called tabernacles or what they called booths. The picture is out of oppression, through the wilderness, living in tents or tabernacles to eventually they get to the promised land and now they're living in houses. Now they're living in houses. They're no longer, the, the, the picture is we were brought out of oppression. We were brought out of captivity. We had to walk through the wilderness of life. We had to live in tents, but God ultimately allowed us to step into the promised land where we now have houses. The point was this. We, we live through this life as if we're living in tents, but one day we get to walk out of this tribulation of life called the wilderness, and we get to walk into the promises of God, the promised land of God called heaven, where Jesus said, I go and prepare a place for you. That's the picture. And it was a feast and a celebration of joy. We are brought out of the captivity of our sin. He takes us through the wilderness. And while we, this is so important, while we go through the wilderness, he always was there for them. He always provided for them. He always showed grace to them. He always showed kindness to them. He was always, always, always with them until they stepped into the promised land. This is true for you and for me. Take courage in that. Take courage in that. Let me give you something cool, also cool about this, all right? I'm a dork, Bible dork. Maybe it's cool for me, not cool for you, okay? Jesus, let me back up, sorry. Back up, back up. During that feast of tents, during that feast of tents, the priests would go and they would fill a cup every day. And they would take that cup. The cup was called Yeshua. Yeshua. It means God saves. God saves. By the way, Yeshua means Savior. Jesus means Savior. Every day they would take from the pool of Siloam and they would fill the cup of Yeshua 
and they would take it to the altar as to say, one day our God is gonna bring the Messiah who is gonna save us from the oppression of sin. And they would take that cup called Yeshua and they would pour that water out on the altar and they would say, he's gonna save us. He's gonna save us. Except for the last day, they didn't do it. They didn't do it. On the last day, when Jesus was walking this earth, of the Feast of the Tents. When they didn't pour the water out on the altar, which represented that there's a Savior coming. Jesus stands up. And here's what he says. Now on the last day, the great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried out saying, if anybody's thirsty, let them come to me and drink. You thirsty? Life isn't satisfying. You're not finding what you want to find in this life. It's not meeting the need. Jesus is saying, hey, you know the, the cup, Yeshua, the cup that was poured out on the altar? I'm that cup. I'm that cup. And anyone who's thirsty in this life, your soul longs for something more in this life, Jesus is saying, come to me. Come to me and drink. And he says this, and the one who believes in me, as the scripture said, from his innermost being will flow rivers of living water. Come on. You know why you should take courage? It's because anybody who's discouraged and anybody that has the tendency to want to compare and anybody that feels like nothing in this world is quenching my thirst, there's one named Yeshua or Jesus who wants to deliver you out and walk with you through and to see you on the other side of something that will always, always satisfy. He's your living water. Take courage in him. Take courage in him. Can I give you one more? You wouldn't say no. You're like, the people that didn't say anything, you're like, no, wrap it up, wrap it up. This is wrapping it up. I'm wrapping it up. As for the promise which I made you, so back to Haggai. As for the promise which I made you when you came out of Egypt, my spirit remains in your midst. Do not fear. Do not fear. Now, why you should take courage? Why you should take courage? Because today and every day you can drink from the cup of Jesus. He's your living water. He will quench your thirst. He will quench your thirst. Number two, temples. We're talking about temples. Temples in the new covenant, in the new covenant, which 
the new covenant is, is for all people. The old covenant was just for one nation. So if you're like really confused about the Old Testament portion of the Bible, it really wasn't for you. It really wasn't written for you. We are living in the, the day and the time of grace in the, in the new covenant that, was the, uh, that God poured out for us by sending his son Jesus to take the place for us in our, in, of our sin and, and our shame and our guilt. He took our place for us. He paid the price for us. That's the new covenant. So and as a result of that, as a result of that, temples in the new covenant are what God uses as agents for change. What is that? What do I mean by that? Here's what, here's what the new covenant temples are. Do you not know that you are a temple of God and that the spirit of God dwells in you? That in the old covenant, the, the, the presence of God, the power of God that was, was dwelt in Solomon's temple. It, it dwelt in their new temple that, that when, when at Haggai's time, when the people of God were building that temple that just wasn't comparison, in comparison. He says, listen, listen, you, 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 through Jesus, you are the temple of God and the spirit of God dwells in you. And he goes on to say, he says this, he says, if anybody destroys the temple of God, God will destroy that person for the temple of God is holy. And that, what, and that is what you are. You are holy. You are set apart. You are amazing. You are incredible. You are special. You are unique. You are one of a kind. You are fearfully and wonderfully made. Listen, everybody here in this room was made in the image of God. But when you put your faith in Christ, you now become a temple of God. You become a son and a daughter of God. And the way that God sees you, he doesn't see you as a sinner. He sees you as a saint. He doesn't see you as somebody who's imperfect. He sees you as somebody who is perfect. He doesn't see you as somebody who is unholy. He sees you as holy. That's what you are. You are holy to God. Paul says it this way, for we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand so that you would walk in them. Listen, you know what that word workmanship means? It means this. It means poem. You're, you're God's poem. Like you're God's handiwork. You're God's beautiful creation. That God uniquely, specifically, amazingly designed you for a purpose and for a plan. That's what you are. You are God's poem. So I thought I would write a couple poems for you. Are you ready? It's worth holding out for, I'm telling you. Roses are red, violets are blue. God wants to write a beautiful life change story through you. He does. He does. He's telling a story through your life. It's your life. It's not somebody else's life. So when you're looking at somebody else's life, trying to compare, like, what do they have? What are they doing? What's their journey? What's their story? Where are they going? Who they got? What their kids are like? What their marriage is like? As you're trying to look around and comparing other people's stories, God's going, listen, don't look and compare. You are amazing. 
You're beautiful. Your journey matters. Your story matters. You can make a difference. Don't look at other people. Look at what God can do through you. Take courage in that. I got another poem. You want to see it? I'm going to show it to you anyways. On this Mother's Day, I'd just like to say, you are God's unique design. He doesn't want it any other way. He designed you just the way you are. And you're beautiful, and you're incredible, and you're amazing, and you're unique, and the Spirit of God is in you. That brings incredible change. Take courage in that. Take courage in that. You know what I love? I love seeing all the different varieties of coffees that you ordered. I feel like every time I looked at a different order of coffee, they were all different and all special and all unique. You see, if we would have just showed up with just a Starbucks cup, you would have been discouraged. You would have been disappointed. You know what brought value to that? Was the unique, special order of coffee that was put in that cup. That's what brings value. And you got your coffee and whatever it is that you specifically ordered it, and here's what I know, you didn't look at other people's coffee and go, oh, I wish I would have got that. No, 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 no. You were like, I know what I like. I know what I wanted. And I don't care what somebody else ordered. I got what I ordered. And if you showed up today and you didn't get what, you're, what you ordered, you're probably discouraged now. In the same way, listen, in the same way, God designed you with a specific order in mind and he wants you exactly that way, right? Yeah. Yeah. So on this Mother's Day, I'd just like to say, you are God's unique design and he doesn't want it any other way. You're his workmanship. Let's pray. Father, we all feel discouraged and we all feel the need to compare. But you tell us to take courage. You tell us to take courage. The why we take courage is because today and every day, you offer to us a cup, a cup to drink from you that when we drink we never ever thirst again you are the only 
one who can satisfy that longing that we have in our soul. Only you. And that for some reason or another, you decided within your new covenant to not to make a place a temple, but to make a people your temple. And when you decided to do that, you knew, you knew that specifically and with uniqueness and with value, you would place inside of us the power of your Holy Spirit. And that with our unique personalities and design and shape and makeup and outlook, you would place your spirit in us and that would bring powerful, lasting change, not only in our life, but in the life around us. I pray that we take courage in that. We thank you for the moms. We thank you how amazing they are, how incredible they are. God, the difference that you've made, the impact that you've made just by giving that authority and that title to a mother, what a ministry they have. Bless them, encourage them in this day. Amen. 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 Happy Mother's Day, moms. God bless you. <clears throat>